Hello and welcome to the Friday. Okay, let me do it one more time. Hello and welcome to the Friday, October 9th edition of the TV on Basketball podcast with your host, TV. Back at it again with another podcast. Very excited to talk about the NBA Finals. I'm going to be talking about Game 4. going to be previewing Game 5, which will be happening on tonight. Well, I'm, I'm recording this on Thursday, so if I'm a bit off, um, forgive me. I have something to do tomorrow, so I'm recording this early. But yeah, I'm going to be previewing Game 5, which will happen tonight as this goes up. But it's happening for me tomorrow night. I'll also talk about um, Game 4 how that turned out, and I'll talk about any other like just small basketball news that happened over the week at the end of this podcast. But yeah, but before we get into this episode, I want to thank you guys for all your support. We are well over 1,500 um, downloads or listens on this podcast. I can't thank you guys enough. I really do appreciate it. And if you want to continue to support the pod or my any of like my pages, remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple, on Apple, um, just remember to subscribe, leave a five-star review. That would be very much appreciated. If you're on Podbean, download, like, all that good stuff. And remember, we are also on Anchor and Spotify as well. All those links can be found in my link tree. And, yeah, just, con- um, just I want to thank you guys for all the support. And as the NBA season winds down, whether it finishes um, in Game 5 or not. I'm still going to be producing out great NBA content throughout the offseason and just going to be um, keeping up with the news throughout um, um, these next few months without basketball because even in the offseason, the NBA gets kind of crazy sometimes, and I'm going to be here to cover those topics. So thank you guys for all your support, and let us get right into um, the Game 4 review of of the NBA Finals. In which the Lakers win 102 to 96 over the Miami Heat as they take the commanding 3-1 series lead. This game was an absolutely gritty game. LeBron and Anthony Davis um, had a really good game in this one. LeBron with 28, 12, and 8. Anthony Davis with 22 and 9. On the Miami Heat side of things, Jimmy Butler 22, 10, and 9. Um, Tyler Hero with 21 points as a starting point guard, and Duncan Robinson chipped in with 17. Like I said, this game was extremely scrappy. The the first half, both teams scored under 50 points. And the reason why that's extremely um, important here is that, look, it's the modern NBA. Points happen like that. Like, the offense is always free-flowing. It's, it's always moving. And it always seems like we always get these high scores. Not in this game. I mean, a 102-96 score is relatively low in today's climate of the NBA. And both teams, you know, both under 50 points in the first half, 49 for the Lakers and 47 for the Miami Heat. This was absolutely gritty. And you could tell, like, no one really gone to their flow in the first half. But even still, even in the first half, you could tell that the Lakers were kind of, you know, struggling, even though they had the two-point lead. A lot of their um, good play came from the other guys. I mean, sure, they started like Dwight Howard. I mean, he only played seven minutes this game, but... The guards for these Lakers, man, they actually um, showed up today. Contavious Caldwell Pope especially. This guy was defending. This guy was playmaking. He was hitting his shot. This guy was honestly great in this game. And like I said before the series, KCP has um, has been 
a really good contributor in this playoffs in general. I mean, no one really wants to talk about it because people always, you know, shoot him down. Will always um, He'll always be the butt of all jokes. But he's been good. I mean, against Denver, he was averaging over 10 points per game. Against Houston, he had a few good games. He had, like, I think, like one good game. But in the Portland series, he was also very key in this, like averaging over 10 points a game there as well. He has honestly been their third-best player this whole playoffs, and no one really wants to talk about it, but he has actually been great on both ends of the floor. And yesterday, I mean, again, one of those times where he just knew what needed to be done, and he went out and delivered. I mean, three threes in this game. This guy had five assists. Like, there were some plays where I thought he was everywhere in the defensive end. Like, he was just really good. And again, like one of his um, guard, um, his backcourt partner, and Danny Green, who a lot of people were waiting for him to kind of break out. I mean, this wasn't a great breakout, but he still hit some shots, hitting 10 points on 50% shooting. That's what you need from these from the guys outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis. And they just played, like, really well in this game. And then, like, for the Miami Heat side of things, I mean, they really did struggle. I mean, Jimmy Butler had a near triple-double again, but the Lakers just completely tried to, like, get the ball out of his hands as much as possible. Because, you know, like I said, the first half, the Lakers really did struggle. LeBron and Anthony Davis still did not look like, you know, their full selves. LeBron was turning the ball over a bunch and really didn't turn up to the second half. The Heat, although they kept it close, I mean, in the first half at least, they still really couldn't get things going. Jimmy Butler, I believe, had 10 points in the first quarter and I think just 12 points the rest of the way through. Like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a really good game for Jimmy Butler. And a lot of that had to do with the way they were guarding him. Like, last game, I talked about it. Whether it was LeBron, whether it's KCP, whether it was Danny Green, Marquise Morris, none of them could handle Jimmy Butler. So what did they do here? They, there's one guy I did not mention in those four names, and that was Anthony Davis. And he was on Butler throughout this game. You know, he has the speed to keep up with him. He has the length. And what they did a lot this game, as well as, well as Anthony Davis just being an absolute tree there, just like, being a deterrent for Jimmy Butler, was that they went under every screen for Jimmy Butler. And I mean under. Like, this is Ben Simmons type. Like, okay, Jimmy, you didn't attempt a single three in game four. Do some. Attempt a three. I mean, we know you can hit a few of them, but we'll let we'll live with you taking those instead of taking it to the paint. And that's what they did. And Jimmy became, again, that playmaker. He tried to get his other guys involved. And he really just couldn't get, like, into his offense besides that first quarter. I mean, 22-10-9 looks good, but knowing what the Heat needs to finish this game, you you really, like, that's not really that great. You know, besides Jimmy Butler, it was great because they also had Bam at a bio back who, who came back from his neck shoulder strain as well. And he honestly played pretty well, 15.7 rebounds. He was able to kind of get out down – up and down the court pretty nicely. He was still able to control the ball. But you could tell, like, on the defensive end, you know, he wasn't, you know, his true self. You could definitely tell that he was kind of laboring out there at times. But 15-7 from a first game back of injury, definitely not too bad. And I know, like, a lot of, like, other podcasts were talking about this, like, before that, but before this game, but I'm going to talk about it either way. Maybe Dave Nazabayo was, like, kind of – um, halting the Heat offense because what did what the Heat did really well in Game Three in that win was Jimmy Butler basically went um, five out. I mean the Miami Heat 
And Jimmy Butler had all that space in the paint. Because Kelly Olenek was, is a shooting center, he's not going to stay in the paint. With Bam, you know, he is a kind of their secondary ball handler. He operates a lot in the paint. So there's less space to work with. And you could definitely tell that they struggled with that in this game. But, you know, Bam's still played good. You can't really hate on hate him on that. And a lot of, like, the help came from Tyler Hero as well, who scored 21 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. He was hitting tough shot after tough shot this entire game. Like, over Anthony Davis, he was hitting rainbow threes, rainbow floaters. He was keeping them in it, and that was a, you know, a big reason why the Miami Heat kind of stayed, like, under 10 points. Like, there was always that, like, striking distance. Like, Miami Heat, I think their biggest lead was two points at the end of the game, I believe. No, five points. But they were always in it. There was there were never, like, a, a point where you thought the Lakers had full, full control. Then we have to talk about the second half because I did talk about how, you know, the both teams kind of struggled in the first half and no one really got into like a full groove. The third quarters were things started finally changing for the Lakers. And a lot of that had to do with LeBron. He finally got stuff going. He didn't really have a takeover game per se, but he had that little stretch in the third quarter where he was hitting a couple of threes and it just kind of extended the lead. Um, against the Miami Heat at this point. I mean, sure, the biggest lead was nine, but that happened in the third quarter, and LeBron was a huge part of it. Like, he was still, like, his, um, MP, um, his you know, his self, 28, 12, and 8 is absolutely fantastic. And he honestly, like, had a little takeover point in the third quarter, and the Lakers, you know, used that momentum going forward. And you must be wondering, TV, why don't you talk about Anthony Davis? Well, I did talk about him a bit, like, when he was guarding Jimmy Butler. But that was honestly his main role in this game. Yes, he was, like, yes, he had 22-9, but he was, like, like his main goal, like, his main purpose was to defend Jimmy Butler. He did that really well, and I think, like, a, that was a big reason why he wasn't a big part of that offense. He was probably was exhausted trying to keep up with a 6-7 guard who just came off a 40-point triple-double in the NBA Finals type game. And... You know, Anthony Davis did a hell of a job on Jimmy Butler, and he still got his 22-9, and nine. And honestly, in that second half, you know, he hit some, like, key shots. I mean, he wasn't, like, in the paint all the time, but he was hitting mid-range jumpers, and obviously, at the end of the game, he hit that dagger three to to close it, um, to honestly just, like, guarantee the Lakers a win. I think that extended the lead to six or seven or something like that, and that was able, and that was a big reason why they were able to win. The second half for the Miami Heat, honestly, like, one of my biggest problems I had with their performance with this game was it kind of had to do with kind of, like, um, my preview on them going into this game. If you check out my Instagram, you should check that out. And I was talking about how the Miami Heat, you know, need to continue to move the ball and stuff like that to get, like, open looks. And they did that. You know, there's a lot of passing in their offense. But at, at some point, there's something called a little bit too much passing, and I did um, notice that a lot in the second half. Sure, they were getting, like, some good shots out of it. You know, Duncan Robinson had a really good game. Bailed them out a lot, honestly, especially in that fourth quarter. and third quarter, he 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 was really good. Tyler Heroes Volk was kind of bailing them out. But there's just, like, this sense of overpassing with this team. You know, I love ball movement. Don't get me wrong. But there's just something about it. Like, they, I always feel like they have, like, a a good look, like, eventually, like, they get in their offense. And a lot of this was, like, Jay Crowder getting – like a lot of good looks. I mean, he was two for seven this game, so he wasn't that great from three. But uh, there's a bunch of points in the second, in the second half where I'm like, 
okay, they have a good shot. Whether it's Jay Carter and even Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy is an okay three-point shooter. I would want to take their shots if they're open. And they just had these opportunities, and they would honestly just pass it out one more time. And I think like there's like at this point there's like an overpassing with the Miami Heat where they always are trying to look for the great shot, but that takes them deep into the shot clock and it causes a lot of turnovers and the like if a lot of shots stuff that go like going into the shot clock will just end up being a bad shot anyways. Like just take the good shots when they come. A lot of that has to go with Jay Crowder as well. I wish he would do that more. And you know, that was like a big reason why they really couldn't like get into their flow of their offense like really well. Like I said, there was a lot of bailout shots from Duncan Robinson who were hitting who was begging threes in the fourth quarter. Tyler Hero, like I said, hitting rainbow shot after rainbow shot. Like a lot of those like needed to like happen. like a, a lot of luck needs for that to happen for them to um just stick in this game. And if there's one person that like honestly it was like a um a big reason as to why they couldn't stay in this game was Kendrick Nunn. I mean, off the bench, two for eleven, six points. He was just absolutely horrible, taking horrible shot after horrible shot. He honestly wouldn't be playing if Drogic was in the lineup, but it's a shame that, you know, he, he is a top three rookie of the year candidate. He did have a really good regular season, but he just could not get it going in this bubble. And in a game where, you know, they needed some, like, um, bench help, he really could not provide that. Not I believe that's 13 total points um, from their bench unit this game, and that was honestly highly unfortunate for this team. Um, some other thoughts I had on this game was, you know, like I said, the Lakers finally got it going in the second half. Anthony Davis hit that big three. And there's some, and a lot of, like, a narrative going into this um, game was, like, can the Miami Heat lessen the rebounding deficit? And they did. Honestly, for the first three quarters, they did a really good job. But the tendency just... It just came back in that fourth quarter. I mean, there's like, they did a really good job, you know, controlling the glass. I mean, it was really, I think it was even going into the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, they just, there's just some key mistakes there. Whether it was letting Rajon Rondo get an offensive rebound, Anthony Davis grabbed a couple, LeBron grabbed a couple. And, I, and that fourth quarter, I mean, yes, they did it for the first three quarters, but you need to play a full game like this. And in that fourth quarter, that's when like the, Sure, it was only a three-rebound difference, but those were some key three rebounds. And like I said, it was kind of even throughout, and I believe they had like four or three offensive rebounds in that fourth quarter. And that's when we were just really just backbreakers for that team, which was unfortunate because the Heat did a really good job, you know, controlling the glass throughout this game, but they really just couldn't get it done in the fourth quarter, like in terms of rebounding. And that got the Lakers a lot of second chances, and they did, like, convert on them, whether it was LeBron James, whether it was Rondo, who only had two points in this game, and his two points came, like, at a very key time in the fourth quarter, whether it's KCP getting just another opportunity, the Lakers just took full advantage of that. And, yeah, that was basically the game. Um, it wasn't anything, like, it was a good game, which I liked. I liked the fact that it was, like, a close game throughout, and they just had, like, opportunities to, he had opportunities to win it, but it was unfortunate that they just weren't able to, like, you know, close it out in the fourth quarter. I remember there was, like, this, like, one little stretch where it was a one-point game. Jimmy had a wide, wide-open three, was on the rim, rolled out, and it went the other way, and KCP hit a three. So instead of it being a two-point lead for Miami, it became a 
four-point lead for the Lakers, and that was just such a backbreaker. There were, like, quite a number of those in the fourth quarter where the Heat were on the verge of coming back, but the Lakers would kind of halt that. And that was honestly just just the, just the trend of the series. The Heat, you know, the grittiness, their toughness shows throughout, but the Lakers are just too good. They just outmatch the team and were just able to, you know, get the win in this case. I mean, that was a damn good three from Anthony Davis, damn good performance from LeBron, and that was basically game four in a nutshell. Now the Heat, the Lakers are up 3-1 and look to finish it out. Game five, um, 9 p.m. Eastern to tr- to win their first NBA championship in a decade. And, of course, they're wearing the Mamba jerseys. If they're going to win, they're going to freaking win in the Mamba jerseys. It really does feel like it's going to be a Lakers in five series type year. Now, what should the Heat do going into this? Because a lot of um, things kind of went against them in that fourth quarter. I'm not going to say, like, like the reps or anything, but they just had like some like extremely bad, bad luck in that fourth quarter. They just honestly didn't play well. They actually got bailed out quite a bit. Now, what do you have to do coming into this game? Um, take shots when you can. Um, get into the paint. Continue to just get to the free throw line. I mean, they won the free throw battle once again today um, on in game four, but only by five. Continue to do that and just hope that you can force the Lakers into bad shots. Like, hopefully you just catch them on a bad day once again. I don't think they will because the Lakers really want to get this championship. And for the Heat, you're going to have to play a perfect game. You're going to have to take shots when you can. Jimmy Butler cannot be afraid to hit the three. And hopefully they get a good performance out of Bam and such. So it's going to be really hard for the Heat in this game, but I really do hope so because I want this NBA season to continue. And if you're the Lakers, man, just step on their throat. You have this opportunity here. You've seen three one comebacks happen. You took down the three one Kings in the in the West Conference Finals, taking down the Denver Nuggets. You know that in Game Five is absolutely crucial to not give them any hope. And the Heat are down three one. They're on the ropes. Just continue to apply that pressure for them to the Miami Heat. Continue to attack the paint. LeBron and AD are going to have to be big here. Continue to trust your role players. I mean, it's the same stuff I've been talking about all series. And honestly, it's been working for the Lakers. And the Heat, you know, they'll honestly just look out match. They're going to need some big performance from Jimmy Butler. Bam. Hero's going to have to have a good game. Duncan Robinson's going to have to have another good shooting game. But it does look like it's going to be Lakers in five at this point. I mean, um, when the bubble came, it really did feel like, you know, the Lakers, this was like meant for a championship. They had a really good playoff run. They deserved this 100%. And, the I mean, the Heat did a really good job getting here, but it does look like it's going to be Lakers in five. I'm not going to talk about the NBA Finals performance. I've seen a lot of people, like, debating that on Twitter, talking about who should win, Anthony Davis or LeBron. A lot of people are saying Anthony Davis for some reason. I'm just going to give my quick thoughts on this. I think it's going to be LeBron. It really should be LeBron. Leading the team in points, rebounds, and assists quite comfortably as well. Anthony Davis kind of had that bad game three as well, which definitely hurts. But LeBron, it, it does look like, you know, going to um, his fourth NBA championship, he's going to win his fourth NBA final MVP. It really does feel like that. LeBron has been an absolute four general, excuse me, in the series. And I just think it's going to lead him to like another um, finals MVP. He's played absolutely fantastic. Sure, Anthony Davis has been 
great as well. People are going to like think about like his dominance in the first two games. But LeBron was there like right with him, and he just has been like the best player, honestly, throughout the series. And I really do believe that, that LeBron James will win Finals MVP. So, yeah, I do think this is over in Game 5. What do you guys think? Leave your thoughts in the comment section on my Instagram post. DM me if you disagree with anything I said. But the Lakers look like they're going to win number 16. I think it's number 17 at this point, and they're going to be tying the box sellers for most NBA titles in, franchise, in the NBA. So let's see if they're going to be able to get that done on Friday. Um, we're going to go on to like one more topic here, maybe a couple more topics. We'll have to wait and see. Isaiah Thomas, um, underwent, um, resurfacing surgery on his hip to fully resolve it. Um, if you guys don't remember, he, after the, I believe it was the 2017 playoffs. Yeah, that was the, that was the playoffs where, where Isaiah Thomas went crazy. Um, after the, after the season, he, he got hip surgery. He was due for a max contract, but because of that hip, hip surgery, he got traded to Cleveland. We all know the story with Isaiah Thomas. Really couldn't get it going. He got traded to the Lakers, I believe. Really barely played with them. He had to get another hip surgery after that season. Signed, like, couldn't really find a team in 2018-2019. He ended up signing with the Denver Nuggets. A lot of us hoping that this was going to be a nice resurgence for him, especially under... Uh, a former coach of his and Michael Malone really couldn't get that really didn't have a good stint with the Denver Nuggets I mean he got outplayed by Monty Morris and Monty Morris became the backup point guard and he hasn't really like been on a team since I know he was with the Washington Wizards earlier this season and he really just could not um, you know hasn't found his groove ever since about the Celtics days which is unfortunate because he was he had such a good story he put his heart and soul on the line and seeing the Boston Celtics trade him in the way that they did just really proved that the NBA is a business and whatever the player's decision has to make, you got to respect it because these teams there, they're all for business. They're all for doing this type of thing. And Isaiah Thomas honestly got did dirty. He was due for a max contract and he wasn't able to get his bread, unfortunately. And sadly he um, could not, you know, get back to that form, like, especially, like, I think it was near MVP form. I think he was, like, top five in MVP voting, which was crazy to believe that that was just 2017, but it is what it is, and hopefully the surgery kind of gets him back on the right track. A lot of players, a lot of teams could use kind of a backup point guard like him at this point. I mean, he is an absolute bucket still. He can hit the three. He can play make a little bit. I think a team can use him, and especially if this um, uh, his hip is fully good, you know, you can count on him to play a good amount of games. Why not? Some team give him a chance. I want to see Isaiah Thomas back in the league, man. Everyone remembers that, um, I believe it was semifinals or conference finals where he went like 50 points after the death of his sister. It was really emotional. It was really heartwarming. And it was honestly one of the best playoff performances I remember of recent memory. So hopefully he's given the chance. And I want to see, you know, him back in the NBA. It's unfortunate that he, like, the way he went out like that. But. Hopefully, this could be a resurgence for him. And, yeah, I think that's going to be the end of this episode. There wasn't really much news other than that. Um, and, yeah, that's what I think where we're going to end it. There's still new, um, no news on Goran Dragic whether he's going to play tomorrow. Banner's probably going to play still, which is going to be good. But 
just one more thing, you know, I see, I saw that Drogic interview. He really tried, you know, playing pregame against the, um, before, you know, game four tipped off, he was on the court. He was trying his best to um, play on his foot and he could just tell, like, he just looked so disappointed because he just knew that he couldn't like play the way he wanted to play. And it's unfortunate for him because this is his first NBA finals. He went through a lot um, of teams, a lot of, you know, bad seasons and stuff like that. And he finally got his chance at the big stage and he caught it in the first game, which is highly unfortunate. So hopefully everything's good with Gordon Drogic. Let's see if the Heat are going to be able to pull this off, but it's going to look very unlikely against this, honestly, a locked-in Lakers team. And that's going to be happening tomorrow. So, yeah, we're going to be watching out for that. And I think this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for watching. Remember um, to continue, to remember to vote. I have voting registration in my bio if you need to register to vote. Um, remember that there's still, like, a lot of bigger issues in the world. Continue to fight for them. Um this is not something we we have to just continue to just, you know, protest about. We actually need to see some change. And hopefully with a after this election, even right now, hopefully things just continue to change. We still want justice for Breonna Taylor. There was some news this week that the guy who uh, murdered George Floyd um, got released from jail on a $1 million bond, which is unfortunate to see, but it is what it is. I mean, it isn't what it is what it is. It was, it was horrible. It was a horrible, horrible incident. And we just need to find justice in, like, not just these issues, but, like, it's, like everywhere. I mean, there's just so much, like, wrong with this world. And although basketball, you know, is taking away from that, there's some bigger issues at hand. And we have to continue to fight for them, um, do this with unity, and hopefully we can all do this together. But, yeah, this is where we're going to end today's podcast. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Remember... Follow me at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for, for updates on the podcast and for other content I'm going to be releasing for this finals and also um, in the off season. And remember to show your love on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe, and show love on any of the podcasts that we're sure listening to. But yeah, this is where we're going to end today's podcast. Thank you guys all for listening. Thank you for taking your time out of your day to watch this. And I will be back on Monday to talk about either the win of the finals, or if it's going to Game 7. I, don't, I, I highly doubt it's going to happen, but probably on Monday we're going to be talking about the NBA Finals and the champion who won. Yeah, that's about it. Thank you guys for watching or listening, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Take it easy, y'all. Peace.